Please turn to uh, Malachi chapter 2 for our communion meditation today. Uh, in uh, my recent communion meditations, uh, we've been looking at Jesus in the Old Testament, how he is uh, prescribed and predicted in the Old Testament and fulfilled in the New. And so we'll look at that today. This is uh, Jesus, our refiner. And as, uh, as we read these verses, I'd, I'd like you to pick up the sense of the backslid of, of Israel as a backslidden nation and also as of Jesus as a redeeming fire. So we're going to read Malachi 2:17 through 3:3 3, 3, as we read. You have wearied the Lord with your words, yet you say, in what way have we wearied him? And that you say, everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or where is the God of justice? Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? <clears throat> and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and the launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Let's pray. Father, uh, as we come to your, your table, we want to have our, our hearts and our minds uh, tuned accurately to your word. Uh, and, and we need your spirit to do that. So help us today to understand and apply this. Help us to enjoy these truths um, from your word just as we enjoy your table today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in historical terms, the book of Malachi comes to us after the uh, return of the Babylonian exile and uh, the building of the temple and the walls with Nehemiah. And after that good start, Israel has become complacent and impatient with God. And uh, Malachi brings a number of rebukes to, to them, uh, insensitivity to grace, insincere worship, uh, inaccurate views of God. Uh, the giving of them is, is uh, lacking, is insufficient. And really, just their hearts don't have the right motive. They don't, they're, they're not loving God. Pastor Kaiser uh, preached uh, this. Malachi feels like a fast-paced conversation between God's questioners and the prophet. And, and I agree. The, the prophet Malachi calls out both priests and people and their backsliding. Calls them out on all that. And basically their response is, meh, no big deal. And this apathy that they had is very dangerous because God is faithful, God is just, and he will not bless an unrighteous heart. This has to be removed and God does that. God, God is, is uh, sovereign and he works his plan of redemption. Malachi 2, uh, verse 17, which uh, uh, we started with, says this. You have wearied the Lord with your words. 
In other words, God has had enough of your back talk. But God is active with his people. And as is his pattern, his, his opening salvo in redemption is to bring his word, to send a messenger. And that's what he's gonna do. So let's look at uh, verse one of chapter three. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. So that's the way God works. God, God reveals himself. We need to remember that as opposed to the religion of humanism, Christianity is a revealed religion. It's, it, it's only because we have God's word that we can know the sin that we have. Otherwise, we would just be spinning around in our own thoughts and in our own righteousness. Proverbs 14, 12 says this, there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So this book that we have is worth more than gold or silver. And it's, it's, it's not worth more than gold and silver just because it shows the, the pathway, the way to be saved, but it's worth a lot because it shows us that we need to be saved. We wouldn't know that without this word. Now, who is this messenger that is in verse one? Behold, I send my messenger. That's a trick question. There's two of them in here, and I think your Bibles have it correct in, in their interpretation. You see that uh, first messenger is a little m. I will send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Those are familiar words. This is John the Baptist. Calvin writes, um, this passage ought doubtless to be understood to be John the Baptist. So there's a little m, but then there's a big m messenger. Um, <clears throat> halfway through the, the verse, it says, even the messenger of the covenant. And that's the Lord. He's a messenger of the covenant. He is coming. And this concept of the covenant is throughout the book. Covenant keeping, covenant breaking, covenant faithfulness, covenant unfaithfulness. Well, let's take a look at verse three. And this is really the heart of our communion meditation today. And it's also the heart of the chiasm of the book. So the, uh, the, this book starts with a plan for, for Israel, and then it goes to this central part here, and we're gonna be reading the, the central part where, where Jesus is predicted as a refining fire. And then it goes back out and ends with the familiar uh, prophecy of John the Baptist coming and that the Lord is going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. The new covenant, really. So, um, but this is the, the heart of uh, the, the passage of, of the book, really. And uh, it's talking about what the Lord is going to do. So let's read verse three. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. The sons of Levi. He will purify the sons of Levi. So who are they? They're the priests. Uh, they're, they're, they're emblematic of, of the people of God and they're, they're more specifically emblematic of the church. So as, as we talk about this a, a little bit more, we need to keep a couple things straight in, a, in our mind, uh, even though this is a short communion meditation, hopefully. 
um, uh, we, we have two different groups of people. We have covenant keepers and we have covenant breakers. And God deals with those two people different ways. So the first way is that he is going to be a refiner of separation, of judgment. Look at uh, verse two. But who can endure the day of his coming? This is talking about Jesus coming in judgment. The first time in AD 70 and then ultimately at the, at the great judgment. And what is implied is here is that nobody can stand uh, the, the, the judgment of the Lord. And so there's going to be a, a separation, a refining of judgment. And God is good in this. You know, it's, it's, it's not easy to dwell with the wicked. And God's not going to have us dwelling with the wicked all the time. There is a separation and a purging. But that's not really the role of the refiner for us as his people. It's not really the refiner for us as his people today. So he does separate, separate covenant breakers out, but he also purifies those who are in the covenant. Even for those, like we prayed today, that are not being faithful, that are sinning. For those, he chastises them. He forgives them, but he produces the fruits of righteousness, and there's a good outcome. Uh, think of Hebrews 12, 12, 11. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Through this purification, God is going to protect his people. His people, not, he, he, he's going to purge those who are not his people, but he will protect those who are his people. Proverbs 10:3, the Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish, but he will cast away the desire of the wicked. So as a, as a refiner, Jesus is not going to cast us away, but he's gonna help us to be more like him, to repent and stop the apathy and as a local church here, we need to come close to Jesus to confess our sins that he might cleanse us. Well, I wanna um, uh, talk about an illustration here. So the, the refiner's fire is mentioned many times in the scripture. And I don't know that we have a good sense of that today because we don't have in our town square the metallurgy guy you know, making uh, uh, gold and silver. So we, I don't know that we can, we can't really sense that heat. So I was wondering what would, what would be a good uh, equivalent in modern day, and I found it. Afterburners. Fighter jet afterburners. So it, it's about, uh, it takes about 1,500 to 2,000 degrees to purify gold. And it just so happens that the afterburners, the blue flames that you see coming out of the back of of jets, they're about the same temperature, about 1,500 to, to 2,000. You, you, you get the idea. It's the idea of severity. Incidentally, um, you know, when I, when I cook uh, or when I smoke, I have, the, I have a little temperature gauge, and the temperature is about 250 degrees. And, um, and the, the, the furnace that we know for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was turned up seven times. If you take that 250 and you multiply it times seven, you're, you're about in the same range, about you know, 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit. So 
You know, you can think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego maybe as walking through an afterburner, un, un, unaffected. So this is the idea. The, the idea is that this, this, this fire you can't, you can't protect yourself from. But then for us, this refining is not so much about justification. It's more about sanctification. And Matthew Henry thinks this, this is a, an important thing to understand with the refining part of, of, uh, of the refiner's fire. And it's important because whereas we are justified once, we are sanctified often. And so we need to be coming back to the Lord and his refining fire so that he may refine us. So there's a refining fire and that Jesus purges Christians of their sins. And, and we've done that today. We've come near him. We've confessed. There's also a refining element, a gracious one um, from the Lord. Uh, and that comes by the way of trials. And we know this in 1 Peter. It says that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it is tried by fire, might be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the revealing of Jesus Christ. So this means two, by, two things by application. We draw near to our, our refiner in confession, and we also draw near to him when we are in trials, and he will refine us. That's the pathway of Christians. That's how Christians commune with God. And uh, this was predicted 400 years before Jesus came. And he came, and he is our redeemer here and now today. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your son as a redeeming fire. We know that you do not let your people utterly fail. You refine us in a supernatural way, in a heat that we cannot survive apart from your grace. Help us to see you in this way. Help us to come close to your heat that we may be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen.